Hey everyone, this is Aaron Brown, the John Stockton of Podcasts. We're taking a summer break now, but we'll be back this fall with lots of new shows, ideas, and guests. In the meantime, check out this previous episode with a few surprises tucked inside. Okay, here it is. Welcome to another edition of The List, the Right Fiction Podcast. We've got a great show for you all today about our favorite TV show theme song. So before we get started, if you love the pod, please take a moment to rate review, and subscribe on your listening app. It helps us reach new listeners like you. Also, be sure to check out our companion Spotify playlist with all our picks that we mentioned in the pod. The link is in the show details. Now, let's get to it. I'm quite old now. Still remember all the words to many of the theme songs from the shows I watched growing up. With most of them, I might not have heard them for at least, you know, 25 years. Yet I can remember all the words, melody, and instrumentation for these TV show themes. While this might mean that I watched way too much TV growing up, which is true, it also might mean that the theme songs for these shows were much more than just filler to introduce the show. They were a key ingredient and what made these shows successful in the first place. They set the mood for the show, were a cleanser of sorts for the, for the ads or whatever you were doing before you sat down to watch. They gave you a chance to, you know, think about where you left off with the characters of the show. In other words, these TV show theme songs were very important to your whole television experience. And in many instances, these songs were amazing pieces of music. So with such an important topic, we've invited a noted TV show theme song scholar from TV show theme song University to join <laughs> us on the pod today to discuss our favorite TV show theme songs. Mootloo, welcome to the pod. Oh, great to be here. Great yeah. to be here. Thank you for having me. Mootloo is an internationally known singer-songwriter from Philadelphia. His music is steeped in Philadelphia's deep R&B traditions, eagerly absorbing the fundamentals of old school soul and incorporating it into his own music persona. He's collaborated and toured extensively as a support act with legendary duo Daryl Hall and John Oates. And he's also gained considerable attention for his work with noted singer-songwriter Amos Lee, with whom he's toured extensively as a support act and backup vocals. In addition, Mutlu has shared the stage with the likes of Dell, Katy Perry, John Hyatt, Leon Russell, the Blind Boys of Alabama, Todd Rundgren, Shruggy Otis, and many more. His latest album, Good Trouble, was released in 2019 and is an amazing record featuring his eclectic songwriting and stellar vocals. He also has a new venture with Spike Eskin of Rights to Ricky Sanchez fame with their new music podcast, The Carl Landry Record Club, where they discuss their favorite album and turn people on to new music. Again, sir, we are so happy to have you. Oh, it's great to be here. And uh, I, I knew I, I knew it was like as soon as uh, Freddie hit me up about this is like, uh, you know, this is like a dream come true for me because I'm like I'm, I'm steeped in these in these songs. They're like still they float around my brain constantly, you know, so cool to talk yeah. about it. <laughs> I didn't realize it, but it seems like they float around my brain, too, because I, I know all the words. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I haven't heard that song in 30 years. But, you know, I'm just sitting here like rattling it off. And of course, we have today with the main. The main knuckleheads here, we have Fetty. Yo. What's up, man? Yo, we have 
the professor, Brendan. Good morning. And we have the podiatrist, Adam Zelensky. Uh, I don't know how it became about feet. I don't even remember yeah. any. Are these names sticking? Are we committing to them? <laughs> oh, God. Well, it, well, well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and, of course, there's me, Aaron Brown, the John Stockton of podcast, Dishing Out Assist Left and Right. And so for today's show, we are going to start with Freddie Berman to give us his number three favorite TV show. Yes, 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 yes. Sir. Yes, number you. three. My number three pick is the opening theme to the Flintstones called, appropriately, Meet the Flintstones. And this was actually not the original theme song for the show. They originally had a different song called Rise and Shine, which I guess was close to the Bugs Bunny theme, uh, Bugs Bunny show theme song. And I guess after a, a season or two, they, they changed it. They came up with this tune uh, that was written by Hoyt Curtin, Joseph Barbera, and William Hanna of Hannah and Barbera fame. And actually, this song has been, it has become a jazz standard, uh, uh, recorded in the key of E-flat major, for all you music heads out there, which I guess is a good key for jazz. Maybe a good horn key, is that what's up? Yeah. Um, and in 2010, a, a music survey of, 2,000 adults in the UK found that Meet the Flintstones theme tune was the most recognized children's TV theme. Whatever that Period. means. Period? So that's my number three uh, pick. Meet well, the Flintstones. <laughs> they were wrong. Lulu, what's your number three favorite TV show theme song, sir? So this is so difficult. Just to get that down to 10 and then down to three was even more challenging. But um, my number three is Welcome Back, the themes of Welcome Back, Cotter. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket Welcome back to that same old... Uh, which was written by John Sebastian, uh, 1976. Just a little background on it. The TV producer Alan Sachs wanted a Love and Spoonful-esque theme uh, for the new show he was developing, Cotter. It was just called Cotter originally. And uh, he and John Sebastian shared the same uh, agent, I believe. So who better to do a Love and spoonful song than John Sebastian? Absolutely. And initially, I, apparently, he sort of from in writing the theme, he struggled to find what the direction of it would be. And eventually what he settled in on was that writing the song from the standpoint of Cotter going back to his neighborhood and teaching and kind of giving back. And that sort of was the genesis of the tune, Helen to Welcome Back Cotter. And then when the producers heard the song, they loved it so much that they actually renamed the show Welcome Back Cotter. So wow. there's an instance of the song wow. itself wow. right out of the gate having an influence on the sort of the direction of the show or just the branding of the show. And uh, initially, the tune just had one verse. Uh, I believe they just had the verse and the chorus. But once the show became a hit, he went back, he wrote a second verse. He uh, added the harmonica a bit, and it became a number one hit for him, probably his biggest biggest hit, you know. And uh, I think there was also it was also featured on his album at that time. So interesting example of a tune 
that becomes iconic in the context of the show, but then also transcends the show and becomes just like a defining part of that artist's career. In this case, John Sebastian. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. a that's a big that's a big get if you can get the show to be named after your song. That's yeah, great, right. right? <laughs> Doesn't I usually if, go that way, right? <laughs> I wonder if you got, I, wonder, I wonder if he got that the extra show money for that. Uh, oh, he oh man, that must be in uh, just in the, all the syndication for that show and oh, royalties, yeah. and that's the only. I mean, he's had a good career, but that's like far and away his biggest, most recognizable hit. Yeah. You know, he had the Love and Spoonful, but I mean, that's sort of the song that everyone, I think, identifies yeah. him with. Sure. All right. We're going to go to you, Adam, with your number three favorite TV show theme song, Sir. All right, real quick. In listening to the, the Welcome Back, Cotter, theme song, I just like, after not playing any shows for like the last and probably another like six more months of no shows, every band should play Welcome Back as like the first song when everyone finally <laughs> comes back. I just, that's what popped in my head. I'm like, I was like, man, this would be a great song to hear after not being to a show in a year and a half. But um, I digress. My uh, number three here, I went with a uh, little local flavor, flavor here and uh, with the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel-Air. Which, yeah. uh, One thing, which that's I, a hip-hop guy right there. Oh, yes, yes. I'm, I am the resident hip-hop guy amongst. <laughs> Keeping your brand fresh. <laughs> yes. But uh, I didn't know, you know, when doing our, our little, you know, our wiki research, which anyone can do for these. Uh, Quincy Jones actually wrote the theme to this, which was, I'm like, huh, I didn't know that. And and then really, this was really a big uh, springboard for uh, Will Smith. I mean, I, and is this like maybe the first rapper with a uh, with a TV show? And then, you know, that kind of, and then, I mean, he became, you know, box office draw of the 90s or whatever. But why I kind the reason I kind of picked this though is because uh, for all of us that play bar gigs and stuff, and when everyone just throws some random thing into the middle of a song, and th someone throws the Fresh Prince song in the middle of you know of a song, or just outright plays it, everyone knows it. Everyone knows the words. It's just kind of a part of our culture. It's it's there. It's a uh, you know, and uh, yeah, it just had it had to be in the conversation. So number three, Fresh Prince. All right, thank you, sir, Brendan. What do you got, man, for your number three favorite TV show theme song, sir? Yes. Well, uh, I'm going to disappoint because the professor is not picking the Gilligan's Island theme song. Sorry to disappoint already. <laughs> but what I, what I am going to pick is the late 90s Eddie Murphy claymation vehicle, very short-lived show called The PJs. And this show was pretty problematic. I guess if you want to piss off Spike Lee, you can make a claymation show about characters living in the projects, and that, that will do it. But one of the saving graces of the show is the theme song was written by George Clinton. And if you listen to it, it's, it holds up as a standalone George Clinton song. It's great. And so I remember watching the show and being a kid and being like, I don't know anything about this, but something about this theme song is like really sticking with me and it has stuck with me over the years. So my number three, the PJs. Nice. Nice. And, um, yeah, I guess we're going to myself, the, uh, yes. John Stockton of this podcast when I'm my number three pick. And, um, it's a hit, an absolute hit, uh, from a TV show that I watched growing up, um, that came, you know, 
came out, uh, I believe, originally in like 1983. It is uh, Reading Rainbow with the Reading Rainbow theme song. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book, a Reading Rainbow. I just love this show. I love the, I can remember all the words. I seriously haven't seen this show in forever. And um, one of the special things about this um, theme song is that it featured one of the first uses of the Bukla synthesizer in a TV, um, you know, in a TV theme song. Um, and uh, I have no idea what that is, but that <laughs> is very special. It's very. But now you know special. the sound, even not knowing what the instrument is, you know what the sound is from that reading. Yes. Rainbow, you know? Yes. I can go anywhere. Um, and next, I will go to Freddie. Yellow. With your number two favorite number two. TV show number theme two. song, sir. Yeah, man, number two. It's uh, I'm you know I'm an old guy, so all my picks are old TV shows. <laughs> and this one is an instrumental, but again, it's it's like uh, Adam said, this song could be played in any bar band, uh, any genre, you know, rockabilly, rock, ska, whatever. The theme from Peter Gunn. Nineteen fifty-nine, composed and conducted by Henry Mancini. Yeah, and it was one of the first theme songs, I guess, to have a rock beat but feature like jazz, quote unquote, orchestration. I think that was the big thing about it. And uh, yes, rigid opening theme is notable for its combination of jazz orchestration with the straightforward rock and roll beat. So, nice. yeah, my number two pick, the theme from Peter Gunn. You all know it. You're all humming it in your head right now. Totally. It's outlived and the show. There, there you go. Marching band. Marching band song. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> all right. We're going to go back to you, Mootloo, with your number two favorite TV show theme song, sir. For this one, I'm going to go with Without Us, the theme from Family Ties. What which is just sort of uh, one of those shows that I, you know, associate with childhood. And this song is just a quintessential uh, sort of sitcom theme song. But really, it was, it was one of those tunes that was actually recorded in separately uh, several years before the show itself. Um, it was recorded by Johnny Mathis and Denise Williams in 1978, written by Jeff Barry and Tom Scott. And it was originally recorded for the, al the duets album, That's What Friends Are For, which is a great album. Just they do amazing renditions of so many classic songs. But this tune, along with a few others, actually didn't make the cut originally. So it was on the shelf, and th they eventually used it for the uh, Family Ties theme. But actually, the first ten episodes of Family Ties was a different version with Dennis Tufano and Mindy Mindy Sterling. And eventually, I guess from episode eleven on through the rest of the run of the show, then they brought back the. Uh, the Johnny Mathis and Denise Williams version, but it wasn't until the 2003 reissue of That's What Friends Are For, which now you can find it everywhere, that this version, which was originally shelved and then eventually used for the show, was actually available, you know, for CD, download, digital, uh, what have you. And this tune is just, 
this is an example of the soulful side, the sweet pop soulful side of theme music. I just love the way their voices interact with each other. And Denise Williams just does some amazing things vocally on this track. So uh, it's it's up there for me. I mean, it's definitely trying to pick a top five is hard, but I would never not include this in a top five of you know TV themes. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. This song is very good and was one of the first ones that I went to when I was thinking about um, theme songs. And uh, I mean, when, when 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 Denise Williams does, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it gets uh, you every time. That's like one of those vocal move like moments that just gives you chills when you hear oh yeah thing up and it's just it's powerful i love it um all right adam we're going to you man what's your number two favorite tv show theme song all right for my number two actually the uh the tv show had a different uh, artist do it every season but i'm going to go with the first season of uh the wire with the blind boys of alabama way down in the hole if you walk through the garden you better watch your back Originally recorded by Tom Waits, and uh, but uh, I don't know. This is just one of those. Uh, I think uh, it, 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 we're talking about how like the you know the song kind of you know compares in with the show. It's like this is the, one of those just great pairings that like way down in the hole just really sets me up for this show every time. It's one of my favorite uh, all time TV shows. Just fantastic writing. I think uh, really adapted. Uh, that book really well um the corner and uh and uh, i think of all the versions i think i like the blind boys of alabama uh version the best so i had to uh highlight that so that's why it is my number two nice brendan what's your number two favorite tv show theme song sir my number two is the theme from the show breaking bad which for my money is one of the greatest tv shows that ever was And I think one of the stars of the show is the composer, Dave Porter, who wrote the theme song and, and wrote all of the underscoring for all of the episodes. I think he's an incredibly talented composer and perfectly captured the mood of the show. In fact, sets the tone and the mood of the show because it's the opening credit sequence. It's like it, the music sounds like the, the music of the American Southwest on meth, which is fitting for what the show is about. And the, the, like the use of the different textures and instrumentation really intriguing he's got like dobro and i think like tablas and then synthesizers and it's just uh very interesting textures that he goes with in his writing that that i'm impressed by but also very singable very memorable melody and that's why it's my number two nice very nice sir and we will go to me with my number two favorite tv show theme song and uh it's a newer one um and it's the theme song to the HBO show Treme, um, with the song Treme by John Butte. And um, for me, and I, this was the show that I guess the creators made after The Wire. And um, this show, it was just, it was one of one of his albums called uh, Jambalaya, I believe. And um, they took it for the theme song, and it just encapsulates, for me, the entire, entire vibe of the show. 
um, the feeling of Treme, and you just kind of feel it puts you in in Treme in New Orleans right then um, as they're kind of you know sifting through the the wreckage of um, after Katrina and the and lives that uh, were, were were turned asunder in that. So that's why it's my number two. And right we're gonna on. kick it back to uh, to you, Freddie, uh, yeah, yeah. with your number one. A uh, quick question, uh, yeah. Treme. Was that the same theme song for all the seasons? There was two seasons, I believe. No, no, four seasons. Oh, I I lost interest after season one. I started watching season two, and I was like, nah, not as good. So I kind of uh, well, I, I mean, you're wrong. I might, but... I, I might, uh, <laughs> I might have to go back and revisit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's certain characters you could do without, but you know, yeah. Overall, it's it's wonderful. Okay. Uh, um, my number one, number one drum roll, please, is uh, yeah, it's the theme song to the Perry Mason show. And it's actually got a title. What is it called? Uh, theme from Perry Mason. No, it's got it's got a title. Park Avenue Beat. Park Avenue Beat. Thank you very much. And it's written by Fred Steiner, <laughs> who was the guy who wrote the theme to Star Trek. Also oh, wrote wow. this, wow. but uh, many moons. Apart, I couldn't find an article about the actual song. I could ju- all I could find was an article about him. But apparently, he wrote this song, uh, and it's been covered by a lot of people. Uh, he wrote it in 1957. Uh, the version that I put up, I believe, is like the, uh, the London Symphony Orchestra, maybe. I don't know. It's it's uh it's just it's a dark, heavy kind of groove. And I just love the uh I love the melody, I love the that Park Avenue beat. I love everything about it. And again, it's an instrumental. No words, no lyrics. There are no words. No words for this. <laughs> that's that's my number one. Mootloo, what's your number one favorite TV show theme of all time? Well, my number one is also an instrumental. One of the funkiest pieces of music, I think, in TV theme song history or just music history. Music history, come on. Music history, yeah. It's beyond just the TV theme genre. But uh, it's uh, the theme from Sanford and Son, which was originally titled Street Beater by Quincy Jones. Um, and it was actually originally released in 1973 on his album, You've Got a Bad Girl, uh, which, you know, that era of Quincy Jones' work is just defined by that kind of soulful funk groove. I mean, he, he had a very particular sound and style, I think, and a vibe going at that time. Uh, and actually, that song was released as a single, I think, on its own. It wasn't like a big hit or anything. But, of course, when Sanford and Son came out, they use it as, as a theme, and 
it's just an iconic tune. I think it was ultimately named number nine in Rolling Stone's reader poll of television theme songs of all time in 2011. And I just, I just love, and, and again, kind of associate with my childhood because I used to watch Stanford and Son reruns constantly. <laughs> and I always think you, you can't separate this song from the show, even though it's an amazing piece of music on its own. You say Sanford and Son, and you think, you know, you just, that comes to mind. It, it, you right away are dialed into that. So I just love this tune, and I had to put it as my number one. That's a very, very cool song. Um, you know, I'd like to dig into that album a tiny bit uh, mm-hmm. on the back end because there's some questionably stupid things in there. But, <laughs> Adam, we're going to go to you for your number one. Favorite TV show theme song, sir. Quick note: that's uh, two appearances by Quincy Jones in the, our top fifteen. Uh, that is a. And I think when you start when you started humming that, I think Aaron was thinking, "Oh crap, we're gonna get sued," but we're not. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. Come I'm on. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, I Go did, ahead. but I did, but I mean, I know. I, I, changed I, saw. Melody, I changed the melody a that little bit. That one note. You changed that one note. I changed that one note. Yeah, I heard that. I the caught vanilla, that. Vanilla ice defense. Yes, exactly. Classic. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. <laughs> oh, quite all right. Quite all right. Uh, so uh, for the top, for my tops, my number one, I, I went back a little bit myself here, um, and I picked the, uh, the theme from The Monkees. Uh, originally written by Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart. Uh, I just, uh, I think Nickelodeon picked up the monkeys. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an '80s baby, so I, I didn't see this in its original form. But I watched the crap out of this in, when I was growing up. It must have been Nickelodeon picked it up or something. But. Uh, just like, you know, this great, like, facsimile of the Beatles. And uh, I really, the, the monkeys are, like, great musicians in their own right. And they, you know, I think sometimes they get a little labeled as this, you know, TV, you know, faux band. But uh, then you got Neil Diamond writing your songs. Um, it was just, uh, as you know, you're digging through, as uh, as uh, Mutlu was saying, it's like, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to narrow it down to 10. It's hard to narrow it down to three. But, uh, I don't know, this one just kept rising up to the top for me. It's, it's catchy as hell. It's like, I think they really captured the whole faux Beatles thing in, 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 a, in an endearing way and, and not an annoying way. I kind of made it an entity of their own. And so, uh, and uh, I, yeah, I just had to, you know, throw them in here as my number one monkeys. Yeah. We got to talk about, you know, you got to have this list with the monkeys theme. I mean, like, you know, you got to have it. Um, you can't make the number one, but you know, got to have it. Yeah. Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number one favorite TV shows theme song, sir? Wow. The power of the moderator just moving right along. There. <laughs> <laughs> my number <Squash>. one, <laughs> my number one TV theme song comes from the, what I would call the golden era of cartoons for adults that were disguised as cartoons for kids. And yeah. I grew up watching this show and looking back, it is so grotesque and lewd. And how did it even make it to the screens for young children to watch? But it did. And I loved it. Talking about the Ren and Stimpy theme song. Which uh, premiered in 1991. And this song is great. It's another instrumental. Uh, so two of my three are instrumental tunes. And it sets the tone of the whole show. 
again, it's like kind of part rockability, part gypsy jazz, really memorable, cool playing on it, and it had to be number one. Sure, Aaron loves it. I, he's a very nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. my number one pick. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get to your objection, Freddie, later on. Not um, objection. <laughs> a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Quick go ahead. question. So, does anybody think that uh, Itchy and Scratchy is kind of based on Ren and Stimpy? Oh, of course. It's got to be right. Or or maybe the other way around. As Simpsons, I think maybe came out before. Oh. Predates by two years. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. All right, that's all I got. Well, excellent warm up for my number one pick, guys. <laughs> it's uh, you know, forgetting all of the um, you know, the the uh, social and emotional and uh, any other baggage uh, along with this pick. Um, it's awesome. I think the show is awesome. Again, like putting aside all that stuff because um, you know, that later down the line we're gonna go to a show where we we have people that we like that do terrible things or music that we like that do terrible things. Either way. My number one favorite all-time favorite TV show theme song is a song from The Cosby Show. And it's called Kiss Me, which is, you know, a terrible theme song, I guess, for that. <laughs> really topically. Is that a command? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Oh, but. Man. oh man, that did not. Yeah, that that yeah, title that didn't age well. well. <laughs> but but okay okay okay. The number the season six. So if you if you run it through your rolodex in your head for because what what this theme song uh, was especially noted for is they pretty much change it up every single season. Like with the different um, with different uh, musicians and different. Um, they have one with um, uh, Bobby McFerrin doing one one year. You know, you had, you know, uh, early on, it was kind of synthesizer based. Um, you had some, I think, um, um, what's his name? Uh, Grover Washington Jr. was doing some stuff with them. But the best version of this was season six, where they came out and they were dancing on in front of like this New York landscape. And it was a saxophone coming up. If you guys know what I'm talking about, oh, yeah. that, that was, that is best tv show theme song of all time and with that guys we are going to take a short break and come back with some discussion so hold on we'll be back in a sec So, you know, what, while I'm looking at everyone's list here, you know, the kind of thing that I'm thinking about is, you know, each of the guys kind of picked their picks from, you know, you know, a certain era, if you will. Um, so I'm kind of looking at your picks, Mulu, and, you know, all three of your top three picks were from the 70s or late 70s or 70s. Um, so why didn't you pick, you know, something from, you know, last year or the, the 80s? or you know the 90s um or the 40s <laughs> you know that that's a great question 
And I didn't even consciously realize it till you mentioned it because you know, I think I did that subconsciously because I just love '70s music. I think that sound, that era. I I think ultimately the artists that I always gravitate to the most uh, come from that era of the '70s, especially early mid '70s. Although these tunes are kind of more in the late '70s, I think I think for me, what's interesting about these songs is. You know, you talk about, you think about musical influence and what, you know, what is the evolution of an artist or writer or singer? What's that first spark? And when I think about these tunes, if I think about Without Us, if I think about Sanford and Son theme, if I think about Welcome Back, sometimes I feel like TV themes might have been my first real musical influence mm. before, before I consciously knew I even wanted to do it or was passionate about it because I watched a lot of TV as a kid. And you know, I think um, I think basically, if I reflect on it now, these songs, particularly these three, but even some of the others on everyone's list, they they sort of help form my taste in music. So maybe it's fitting in a way that that I um, honed in on those '70s songs because that's ultimately been my greatest influence. Just moving forward, when I think about Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye and so these songs evoke that era and you know the john the john sebastian song is more in a singer songwriter vibe you got the sanford and son theme it's more in a funk kind of vibe without us is more like the pop soul thing so it kind of hits on all these sweet spots of things that i that i really love hmm. that's an excellent point actually um i was going to go to brandon actually uh, real quick brandon before before you, you you respond um yeah your picks kind of are in a certain vein too um i don't know what vein it is explain yourself <laughs> Well, I don't know what vein it is either. I, <laughs> I have very little to justify my picks other than they were really the first three that came to my mind. So I think for all of us, nostalgia is a big part of this. And for me, I can I was definitely a bit of a latchkey kid. So TV was a big babysitter for me growing up. So I watched a lot of this stuff. And I think these TV theme songs really stuck with me. But the, the thing that I wanted to bring up and a notion for the group is the idea of the TV theme song being a little bit of a dying art form because with smart TVs and shows that are bingeable, there's even the option to skip the intro credits yeah. now. And like I'm thinking of shows that I've been watching a little bit lately, like The Good Place or, or Schitt's Creek is a great example. Sometimes the intro is like two tuba notes. Like our theme songs have been reduced to like five second <laughs> stingers. And so I think to Aaron's point and Mutlu's response is like a lot of these are part of an era where the theme song was so rolled into the enjoyment experience of the show. And I think that is fading a little bit. Actually, I, I think that's an excellent point. It's also to the format of the show, right? So, I mean, they know they had, you know, X amount of minutes like allotted for theme songs, right? Now it's just like, um, you know, when shows are shorter or whatever they're packing a lot of things into it um where you know back then you know that was just part of the show format um and um so yeah i want to go also to to you freddie um with your picks now i've actually never seen peter gunn um i've never actually seen the original uh perry mason um so like I, and I don't know that's kind of the shows from kind of your upbringing. Um, is any like, are any shows like today or like 
that you feel like are in that same level or even from from Mutlu's picks from those 70s shows um how come they didn't kind of enter into or beat any of these kind of 50s and early 60s based shows for you well for me i mean i kind of knew that nobody else was going to go back that far <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of why i just wanted to represent that era true. you know what i mean true, like true, and true. now now thinking about it like the theme from game of thrones you know nobody picked you know or, or six feet under or sopranos that's a great theme maybe i think somebody maybe picked that for an honorable mention that's yeah that's on my my list of our 10 that we have on our playlist and and right. just to quickly interject there that is one theme song that i never skip the opening credits when i'm watching the sopranos because oh, i love it that much great. yeah it's a great song uh the theme it's little ditty piano ditty from westworld it's great you know what i mean like so they still exist but like you said you have the option if you're watching something on amazon prime or netflix or even uh you know your television at home to skip skip through it go right to the first scene and i think Kinda, that's part of uh even even branding of of a network or another show so when we're talking about the sopranos or we're talking about the wire or treme um with this i think those are all kind of hbo shows right they are all HBO. so um even even um what's that what's that show that i mean the theme's okay like the true blood show um that was pretty good it wasn't like the best theme song but it, it was hit the show good, yeah part of their branding i think as a show is like all right we're gonna we're gonna really make set the scene for what's going to happen because I, and I think also from a, a narrative standpoint, a lot of those shows are um, kind of, you know, un unfold a little slower maybe than maybe a Netflix show, you know, or something like that. Like we just been actually finished watching Perry, Mo Perry Mason here, the new one. And, right. you know, we had to commit to it. You know what I mean? So, and a lot, a lot of those HBO shows are like, you know, you got to commit to them. So, um, kind of like what I was saying in the theme that maybe, you know, for those shows, the intro theme song is a, is a palate cleanser uh, of some sorts, um, you know, from going from one thing to another. Adam, what do you got, man? I just want to kind of expand on the, uh, the cultural point that uh, Brendan was making a little bit. That the, uh, the theme songs and, you know, with uh, the whole binge and the Netflix thing. And, and now it's just, um, you know, you pretty much just watch any show in DVRs. You just watch shows when you want. Like, I'll just use like Fresh Prince as an example when it was on. It's like, You'd have to wait until like eight o'clock on Monday night, and you'd have to be ready at your TV at seven fifty-eight with your, with your Cheez Its and your, and your Barks root beer, and then it's like okay, eight o'clock, but um, but um, but um, but um, and like, and and then because I was like you were saying, Aaron, I was thinking back, and I'm like, God, I even throw some stuff on from like '80s cartoons, like I was like listening to like Ducktales is on my top ten, and I'm like, how do we remember every word of this song, you know? And it's because it, it was an event. You, you you know you would have to. You'd have to be at your TV at this X amount of time, and you would watch the show. Super excellent, super excellent point. And, and going back to like Reading Rainbow, my picks Reading Rainbow, or even the Cosby Show, or um, even some of my um, you know honorable mentions, which is uh, uh, Fred Rogers' "Won't You Be My Neighbor" or the Muppet Show theme song. Like, yeah, there was no there was no DVR in that. Like, you you, yeah. you wanted to make sure you ran in the room. And sat down so you could see, you know, all the little Muppets pop out of the little hole when they, when they start singing and everybody comes together. 
God know. forbid you miss one. And if you missed one, yeah, that, you'd have to it. wait. You'd have to there's wait. No, there's no DVDs coming out at the end of the season. You just missed it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so from in terms of like musicality, though, like you can see some of these picks, people took the music a little more serious than 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 that. Um, so, I mean, in terms of like, um, you know, the, you know, Ren and Stimpy or like even like um, uh, Reading Rainbow, like, you know, those I don't see them as taking it very seriously. And I see other ones such as like the Perry Mason theme song taking it very seriously. Um, so what kind of like effect does that have on, you know, the theme songs for shows? And, um, you know, does it does it make a difference to you guys? Like how complex the music is or is that like just like doesn't matter? Or is it just like the melody and and the goofy like zipping? What's, what do you got, Mulu? Yeah, I was going to say because you were talking about HBO and, and I agree with Brendan 100 percent. It's like the the art of the theme song has become diminished, but that's kind of true with a lot of content and media in the modern age. I mean, we just, there's so much of it that, uh, you know, it's not, it's almost not valued in the same way. Or like, like, like Adam, you were saying, like, you, you know, you would set a time, it was a moment you committed to that. I felt like the Sopranos was even like that when that show was on, people would commit to like a time they were going to watch it. Since we don't have that anymore and it's so easy to skip over, I think maybe the art of the theme song is being lost, but when you talk about HBO, see, you, every seem, single one of those themes is a huge part of that show. You mentioned Game of Thrones, uh, you think about Sopranos, and even their more recent shows. So I think they're doing something right that they're prioritizing the importance of the theme song, because I think with television, it was sort of the predecessor to now we always connect visual and audio media constantly. YouTube, I think social media created that. Um, but this was before, when you think about the, some of the pics that Freddie made or even the 70s, you didn't have that same overlap of audio, video interconnection. And I think these theme songs were sort of a predecessor to how we connect a song with the visual, with the story, with the characters. And I think HBO is smart in that they prioritize their theme songs, they make it an important part of the show. And he, like you said, it's a branding kind of thing. That's, that's, I think that's very valuable. Yeah. Brandon, what do you got, man? Yeah, it's a great point, Mulu. And I think for me too, the, in the example of HBO, I think what HBO prides themselves on is keeping the bar high with their original series. And I think all of them are viewed, I don't know this for a fact, but my impression is all of them are viewed like one long movie, just broken up episodically, if you will. And I think... A movie that's part of an, an actual critical part of the experience is the opening title credits and the music happening to bring you into that world. Because I just know for myself, when I sit down to watch something, I kind of need a little bit of of like kind of bring me in, you know, like give kind of give me the setting, give me a little taste of the flavor and the aesthetic of the production, so that way I can connect with the character and the story much more easily and much more quickly. And so I think HBO has kind of from an integrity standpoint, really maintain that. Absolutely. Right on. And digging, digging closer into like um, the artists or the people that actually made the songs, right? Um, you know, in some instances, they are like, you know, self-contained artists. In some instances, they are, you know, you know, Bill Cosby and Stu Gardner or um, uh, who, who uh, you know, the, you know, a couple of these other people that, that were on the show, like for, I know the Muppet Show theme, um, uh, John Henson, 
um, was one of the writers. Or like uh, for Meet the Flintstones, right? You said like Hanna Barbera or was right. was, was part of the theme song. So, yeah. so in terms of the writing um, and what it does for the artist or like the writer, um, you know, explain or talk a little bit about like, for instance, um, you know, I think about John Sebastian, right? And that was like his biggest hit, right? Um, why didn't it explode m more along, you know, why didn't his career go further? Um, or like, you know, that something like that. Freddie, what do you got, man? Wait, you were saying why didn't his career go further? Yeah, or like even, even, even anything, even a couple of these other ones. Like, so for instance, I think Fresh Prince's career exploded because of, almost because of this, uh, the, his, his theme song. Everybody had to know all the words, right? And so everybody knew who Freddie uh, uh, Fresh Prince was, right? Freddie Prince was. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Freddy Fresh Prince Jr.? Actually, uh, that's one of my uh, honorable mentions, Chico and the Man. Ah, that that's was a that good was one. pop, right? That was a pop, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, I wanted, but I want to talk about something else. Sure, go ahead, so, man. Sometimes there's a man. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Mutlu and I have talked about this man. His name is Jesse Frederick. And he wrote the theme to Perfect Strangers. Mm. He wrote the theme to Valerie. He wrote the theme to Full House. Nobody picked any of his songs. But anyway, he basically made a career out of writing TV theme songs. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it there's, you know, as many different types of shows there are there's that there's many different types of scenarios. I mean, Fred Rogers wrote his theme song. Right. Richard Rogers. Mood? That raises an interesting question because there's so much content now. And for people who are doing film and television composition, there are a lot of opportunities. I mean, people who really get into that, they're inundated with opportunities. But is there still a career in this era if you just specialize like Jesse Frederick's on writing theme songs? I'm not sh so sure that you would get by just doing that. It's like it, there was a time when it was very specialized and it showed how important it was to like television production. Right. I, I wonder now it's maybe because the content has become so diversified. That's also maybe part of what's diluted the craft of saying, oh yeah, you know what? When we, when we create this show, this song is going to be a huge part of the show. Although, like we said, some, some platforms, some companies like HBO are doing that. So um, it's, right. it's an interesting thing. Whereas, like, I wonder what the, I wonder if there'll be a, like a renaissance of like theme songs where it suddenly becomes like a hip thing. You know, nostalgia always has a way of uh, of coming back. Freddie, what do you got? Well, I think the answer to that is, and Brendan touched on this, is these days, especially for like shows that are on like HBO, some of them, the same guy who does the background music is doing the theme song. Right. I'm, I'm guessing, I'm presuming. Either that or take a song that already exists, like, like, you know, some other examples, and use that as a theme song. But, but to answer your question, yeah, I don't think there's a specialized, let's go to the theme song guy. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. get Jesse Frederick to write our song. Adam, what do you got, man? Well, I mean, if you look at the aspect of the attention span culture uh we are becoming i and, and also and also um I, I was working out uh on my elliptical to these songs this week i'm like 
this is great. It's like you get a new song every 30 seconds. You you would think <laughs> you would think that maybe this will be a renaissance or you get like like artists like uh, Perry Grip did like an album that is just all of like 30 second jingles. I mean, it was all on kind of a lark, but uh, like maybe the attention span keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like a bunch of 30 second jingles are like, you know, like the now what's what I call music 129 or whatever, you know? So the, the theme song is just normal music happening. Yeah, that's saying. just <laughs> life. Life is run by jingles. <laughs> uh, Brendan, what do you got, man? Uh, well, a couple oh, of cool. thoughts. One thing that the the people that I know that are working in this field, the the big shift that has happened is if you want to be a working composer, a, a large part of your work is coming from the video game realm now because that's a medium that is continuing continuing to expand and needs original musical content all the time. Not necessarily theme songs, but it's it's a different type of composition, of course, but it is another avenue available to composers. But other thoughts I have, like, it's, I just want to take a second to appreciate the ask of a TV theme song because you're being asked to write something that is so memorable and it has to happen super quickly. I mean, we're all songwriters here in various ways and like, how hard is it to write something catchy at all? But then you better get to it within like 10 seconds of, of you seeing picture on the screen. It's just a, it's a really incredible and, and really pressure filled art form. And some of the classic themes that we've touched on are so influential, at least for me, like, cause I've done a little bit of writing for, for movies and things like that. And there've been directors that have asked me to try to do sound alike things of actually some of the themes that we've even uh, put on our list here of like, ah, make it sound like, give me Man, the mission impossible be... theme, <laughs> wow. but like make it original. Like don't make it sound too much like mission impossible, but like it better be pretty close. Make Dude, it sound seven. like it, but not like it. <laughs> seven, not five. Right. <laughs> Aaron, um, you can yes. So, so actually, um, one of the things that I, you know, I've been thinking about with this when we're in our conversation is, um, is little back office kind of uh, thoughts is that, um, uh, you know, early on, I guess, in the 70s and, you know, the 60s and 50s and, um, you know, there weren't really, I don't think there were, you know, it was a big industry for music supervisors, right? And so, you know, it was the studio and the producer or whatever, and they were just like, go to the person, Quincy Jones slash uh, Henry Mancini, um, Alan Thicke, uh, you know, or whoever, yeah. and like, yo, give me a theme song. And now with the, you know, the importance of pop music in like movies and that sort of stuff, it's the rise of the music supervisor, you know, plays a, a big role. And, you know, even thinking about like, um, you know, going back to those HBO <clears throat> HBO theme songs is I think it's a big part of the music supervisor's role to find the perfect song for the for that intro, you know, feel or whatever. Um what's that what's that black guy? Um he had that money, that money theme song from one of those HBO songs. Um oh, I forgot his name. Anyway, it'll come to me. But um, you know, you know, you, you the music supervisor's role in that whole process, I think has um you know, made it less important for just one person to create it um, and made it more egalitarian for everybody to get involved. Um, but in terms of like using that as a source of just one income, it's, you know, it really kind of diminishes it in my my uh, opinion. Uh, Mulu, what do you got? Well, I'm thinking about what you just said. What's the show? Is it Michael Kiwanuka? No, it was... Um, 
Uh, it was a, it was a, I do, uh, uh, it's, it's a terrible, terrible pot right now, but, uh, uh, <laughs> it's a black guy and he's like from, uh, I think African country or, but he's from here. Um, uh, I don't remember. I, well, I, well, thinking about Michael Kiwanuka, what's the so- I show? It's a great show. Oh, Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Yeah. Now that's a that's a that's a phenomenal show, and it's a perfect example of what you're talking about, Aaron. And is that that's a song that already existed, and that's the role of a music supervisor. Here you have a show that had a very particular particular emotional narrative arc to it, and Michael Kiwanuka has this song that just fits like a glove with that show. And when you when I think of that show, I think of that tune right right off the bat. So I think maybe that's an interesting point. It's like, uh, Brendan, what you were saying, whereas, you know, sometimes is it a thing of where you, here's the concept of the show and here, write a song for it, or are we more in the era of here's the show, now let's go search and find that song. And I think right. Big Little Lies is a, is a perfect example of that. Brendan, what do you got, man? Yeah, it is. And I think we should mention that getting your song placed in a show like this is, I think, akin to winning the lottery in a lot of ways. Because not only is it the odds are that hard to get your show placed, but also the dividends that it pays professionally, monetarily, everything can be a real career launcher. And Michael Kiwanuka is a great example of that. I think that really has propelled him to get everybody's attention. Um, uh, Adam, Adam, go ahead. Um, uh, I just wanted to, because um, we're getting a little later on time here, we had so many great choices. I just wanted to hear a few uh, more of the honorable mentions, just because there's like six bazillion yeah. What, what were your two honorable mentions on here? Well, mine were um, the uh, Believe It or Not theme from The Greatest American Hero. Joey Scarberry. And written by Mike Post, of Law, who that was also one of my other picks, Law & Order. You talk right about on. another prolific television music writer it's true that, Mike that's, Post is yeah, one of those guys. Yeah. that's classic tune and then of course now this could have made the top three thank Easily. you for being a friend Easily. <laughs> oh. Uh, the, you know that's such a great song. I'm not even sure why I didn't put it. I, you know, this, 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 this is an impossible thing to do. Bootleg, you messed up. You messed I, up. <laughs> I did. I did mess up. That should have been number one. I mean, well, don't don't get crazy. <laughs> is this like the number one karaoke like TV theme song? Oh man. Oh yeah. That it's just a glorious feeling. The you know whenever we can do karaoke again when it's maybe in 2023, 2022. <laughs> I don't know. Whenever that From, day comes. That is a great choice for karaoke. You know, just belt this song out, and I don't know. There's something just would be something so thrilling about that. Yeah. Um. I just let me interject here. Aloe Black is 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 who I was trying to. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Internet research win. Internet research win. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 Adam's kind of correct. We were kind of winding down soon, but um and and just everyone out there knows. This, uh, all our picks, including our honorable mentions, will be uh, posted on, um, you know, with the podcast. So everybody can kind of check out all our picks that we have that we're kind of talking about. Um, but before we go, um, there's a couple of really big ones that didn't make any of our list. And I really, it'd be 
just terrible for us not to talk about them. How come nobody picked um, where everybody knows your name? Hmm. I picked it. It's on my list. But it's not in your oh, top my, three. No, no, it. no, it's not. Where everybody too, knows too contemporary. Me. It's too contemporary for me. Exactly. <laughs> too new for me. Fred yeah, was going true. further back. For me. <laughs> hey, man, I picked, I put a uh, theme from Mission Impossible. It's one of my, uh, uh, that could have been one of my top three. Yeah, that's a great one. Sure. It's great. And it's in five and people can sing it. It's in five, four. Yeah, that's it. And people can sing it. How cool is that? All Probably right, above what, Take Five is the most popular song in Five Four. Yeah, yeah but this show's theme is different. Uh, <laughs> another one that we didn't pick that is just like crazy. No one picked it, and I thought someone would pick it, so I kind of let it go. It was uh, Mash Suicide is Painless Terrible? Oh, that's a good one. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. What, what are we doing here? Batman. Come on, you, come on yourself. <laughs> and, 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 and so one that we didn't bring up that is the absolute worst theme song ever made. Uh, I'll be there for you, my friends. Uh, how come nobody brought this up and trashed it? You I know, guess I'm doing it now. <laughs> it's good it didn't make the list, but uh, you know, or did it? No, it's not in the fifty. No. Oh no, we're too okay. cool for that movie. I would have taken that one off and threw it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been delete straight away. Moderator, you, you could do another separate pod of the fifty most annoying television. And we all pick the 10 we hate the most, and it'd be just as interesting of a pot. <laughs> yeah. And then another one that's like musically. And so, like, for me personally, I'll just give this. Uh, and you guys, I want you guys to jump in real quick. And this will kind of be our end, ending thing today is um, musically speaking, just strictly on the music, not talking about the show or anything. Um, you know, I want you guys to give us, give me your two, just musically, just amazing, favorite, not like sentimental, not just taking the music uh, and saying, like, what are your favorite? I will give my two first. And my two uh, are the Knight Rider theme song. Musically, yeah. it is just like bonkers. It's bonkers. And then, of course, of course, of course, everyone needs to go and listen to that Sanford and Son theme song from that Quincy Jones album in um, 1973. The album is garbage. Don't listen to that album. <laughs> wow. You got a bad girl. Should never be listened to in that album. But the actual song, Sanford and Son theme song, Musically incredible. Guys, what do you got? Adam, I'll start with you. All right, well, I'll just do my my two honorable mentions are instrumental, so I'll throw them out there. Uh, The Simpsons is, I mean, Danny Elfman, and that is just a, I mean, you know, that's a cultural phenomenon, you know, of the 90s there. And then uh, a little less, a little lighter one is uh, Jack Marshall's uh, song, uh, the theme from the Munsters, which just was my ringtone for a bunch of years. And I just, I just, I I love that lick. Absolutely love that lick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, Brendan, what do you got, man? I'll go. If we're talking musical merit, I'm gonna go with the theme from the cartoon, The Angry Beavers. If you listen to that, it it sounds like a Herb Alpert track, and it's it's really good. There's just brass and catchy melodies through and through. And then my other one is the theme from Mad Men, RJD2. It's great. It's uh, I think musically sophisticated production is super cool and and sets the tone for that show. I know we're just talking about the musical merit, but it's hard to untie it. And we're just yeah. trying to put as much put as much in here as we can in the final second as like the finish yeah, right. here. Well, I got I got to add one thing. 
I've never heard of the Angry Beavers. This is like the deepest. The nobody deep, here but Brendan. Nobody has <laughs> ever heard of it. Anyway, that's why you're the professor. You know, you deep, dig deep in the books and pull stuff out that nobody thinks about or cares. Okay, Mulu. <laughs> if, we're, if we're going pure musical, I'm going to pick uh, one that was on the bigger list that I put Night Court theme. Mm. Yes. A funky, funky groove. If you're talking about like in the instrumental funk genre of TV theme, but just as a piece of music. Yes. It's phenomenal. Yes. And then I got to go with, uh, I think it was one of Brendan's honorable picks, A Beautiful Mind, RJD2. That's an incredible, like, for, I, think, I think that was for Mad Men, right? Yeah. And that's an incredible piece of music, just an amazing track. If you just kind of isolate it yeah. from a track standpoint, really, really something special. Yeah. Good picks. Freddie, man. Come on. What do you got? Theme from Barney Miller, man. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bro. Yo. Brandon, how, how is a bass player you don't pick that man? Come on! I don't know. I had to, uh, I had to cut it off somewhere. You put Brandon Stimpy before that. Come on, man! man. I will doing? I will go to the mat over the musical merits of Brandon Stimpy. There's a lot or, going on there. Or Angry Birds, or whatever the Angry Birds. You put that before. Come on! All right, Freddie. What what else you got? One. Oh uh, yeah, one other one. One of my uh, honorable mentions: the Tonight Show theme. Yeah. I mean, it's a swinging big band piece, and it was co-written by Johnny Carson and Paul Anka. Mm. Interestingly duo. enough, not exactly. I think it was based. The melody was based on something that Paul Anka had written previously. Right. I think that was the backstory. But anyway, big band music, love it, swinging, boom. Batman and Robin of theme show songs. That's a good yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the one we didn't pick that we just got to mention just because we got to mention it is uh, Seinfeld. Right. And, um, and also Curb, of course, whatever that is. And so, um, Mootloo, thank you so much for joining the show today, man. Yeah. So much fun. You got to come back. Maybe we can talk about like music that's not related to a TV show. And that would be awesome, too. I would um, love to. I would love to. This was so much fun. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. It's a blast. Oh, it's a pleasure. Our pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. And uh, yeah, for the guys, for uh, the podiatrist, Adam Zelensky, for the professor, Brendan McGann, for Fetty Berman, yeah. and myself, the John Stockton, the podcast, Aaron Brown. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back again next week with another show for your ears. Take care. Right, fiction.